Welcome to another episode of Legally Unfiltered. This is attorney Franz Borkart. I'm here with Richard Sprinkle, who's also an attorney, bringing you stories from the media and stories that affect your life. Today, we've got two for you folks that just, we can't make these up. The first one, the first one is, don't publish a book about killing your husband and then kill your husband. Um, That's the first one. We're going to be talking about Nancy Crampton Brophy, um, a self-published writer who published a book or published an essay about killing her husband. And then guess what happened, Richard? I'm going to go with she killed her husband for a hundred. She's certainly accused of that. That's going to be our first topic for the day, folks. And then our second topic of the day, we could we just couldn't resist. This one is the attorney that brought a firearm to a deposition. That's right. Okay, corral depositions. Keep it in your pants, big boy. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, we got an attorney out there, made national news, bringing a gun and uh, bringing a firearm to a deposition. So we're going to start off with the the how to get away with murder <laughs> publisher. Um, tell us a little bit what happened in that one, Richard. Well, Franz, what we've got is a self-published romance writer. Uh, this is one of these folks that loves to you know, write her own stories, and you can self-publish books now. A lot of people do it. Hey, I know two guys that self-publish podcasts on the regular. But this lady, uh, her name is escaping me. There we go. Nancy Crampton Brophy. She, uh, she has written multiple books. Um, of particular note is one entitled How to Murder Your Husband. And in fact, her husband came up murdered. <laughs> and then her husband came up murdered. Um, I, I just don't know about this. It seems like, you know, what if what if Coach Saban gave his playbook away, but how, how to murder Ole Miss, you, you know? Play, <laughs> you ever play the game Clue? I have played the game Clue. <laughs> I mean... Look, this doesn't take Sherlock Holmes. Um, look, Scooby Doo would get this one before the first well, commercial so, okay. break. Okay. So on the one hand, look. On the one hand, it certainly does look suspicious, even though she hasn't been found guilty beyond a reasonable doubt. She is innocent until proven guilty. So it looks suspicious when you say, "Hey, I'm going to write an essay on how to kill somebody," and then that person ends up getting killed. Nonetheless, though, nonetheless, it is possible. I don't know how probable it is. It is possible that, in fact, somebody saw that essay and said, hey, I'm going to kill this. this I'm going to kill her husband. I'm going to kill her husband. I, I guess we shouldn't be as insensitive about the whole thing as we are. I, I find there, more. There is a dead person. Yeah, here, there so. is a dead person here. Yes. But, but folks, I, I got to tell you, look, this is the stuff. You know, we have a TV show out there called how to get away with murder and and as as ridiculous as that show can be sometimes you know never in a million years would i would i imagine somebody would sit back and say you know what i'm gonna write a how-to guide on how to kill my own husband um she's written some other pieces um she and, is and what's the theme usually she's a romance a steamy romance writer from what it looks like um this is a departure from that now i think it is pertinent to talk about something um People that write books do so generally, not just for the creative purpose of writing books, because they want to sell books or essays. And so, um, you know, one of the factors that comes along with this is if she profits off of a crime, there are generally state laws that prohibit that. So um, just ask OJ. So, yeah. So there's a good chance that she won't be able to do that. Um but yeah, she's in she's in Portland. She's just been arraigned from what I'm looking at. She's pled not guilty. She, of course, maintains her innocence. Um, but this is just a weird this is I mean, 
it's not quite a confession. So let, let's talk about the legality of this, because, sure. because this is, after all, amongst other things, a legal podcast. Let's talk about the legality here. Does a, a, a piece of fiction entitled How to Murder Your Husband or whatever you call it, um, does that necessarily get admitted into evidence? It's, it's, let's, let's analyze what it is. It's hearsay. Okay, it's, it is a, hearsay. It's, it's a hearsay, but the question becomes, is it a hearsay exception? Is it a what we call in this, the game or business um, an exception to the hearsay rule, maybe a statement against interest? A present sense impression? Yeah. So, I mean, there may be an exception under it. I'm sure that this is something that's going to get litigated heavily, um, but I have to imagine the court's probably going to let it in. It's so prejudicial, though. It's extremely prejudicial, and there's more. There's more prejudicial books that she's written that may come in, too, as relevant conduct. Tell us more, Richard. Well, she has written other books. She is a steamy romance novel but uh, writer, but she's written a few other books with murder mysteries we, you know, woven into the steamy romance. And certain titles along those are, quote, the wrong husband, quote, the wrong brother, and, quote, the wrong hero. Is it a far stretch to believe that maybe she's about as good of a writer as she is maybe a murderer? (laughs) You know, I'd I'd, I'd hate to judge her, you know, qualifications as a murderer or or a writer because truth be told, 100% transparency, I have not read any of the books. Maybe we, should, maybe we should. Further <laughs> transparency. I don't know that I want to. So, so, so look, law enforcement typically looks at an, a, a crime and looks at, and I don't want to say passive least resistance, but they look to the simplest and most explainable answer to solve crimes. And generally, when you have murders, murders happen with what we call motive. Um, somebody has some kind of reason to murder someone, and it's generally somebody in that person's circle, unless it's a violent crime like a robbery or a drug deal gone bad. So in this, it just it makes for an easy investigation. You have someone who's married to someone who's written a book um, about murdering their spouse, you know, you know. In the same breath, let me pose this question, though. In the same breath, we look at Stephen King, okay? One of the best horror writers on the planet, right? Sure, absolutely. I mean, he's not a sociopath, though, right? I mean, he's just because you write books about this stuff doesn't mean that you are, in fact, a murderer. So, I mean, there may be an argument there that, look, just because she wrote it, there are some strong circumstances that may point to somebody else. I don't know if there's any... Look, the, the headlines here, guys, was was writer writes book about, you know, how to murder your husband and then is arrested for murdering her husband. There's no, I don't see any information yet about physical evidence. It looks like he was gunned down. I don't know what the method was. You know, I don't know if it was Colonel Mustard in the library with a candlestick or not, but it looked like it happened in the kitchen. Uh, He was in the kitchen on early June 2nd when he was killed and there were no obvious suspects. He was alone in that kitchen. So... So what's the saying? Till death do us part. And who do, who do you always look at first, the spouse or significant other? So she's got a she's by all means she's got a tough road ahead. Um, she's pled not guilty, so her matter is going to be um, eventually set for trial. And you know, look, there there seems like there's you know we always say there's layers, and this just looks like as it's simplistic as it looks like it just. It looks like there may be more to well, it, but maybe it, not. And in all honesty, and I don't know what strategy her defense is taking in this, but I think there may be some mental health issues here worth questioning. I think you need to look at her writing. I think you need to look at who she is as a whole. Um, has she ever had issues before? The, the headline generally 
encapsulates the the most you know sensual part of the story but that being said there may be a lot more to it and 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 we just got to wait and see how this plays out but we wanted to share this with you folks because it it, you know it just can't make this stuff up and it's one of those stories that that you know as a criminal defense attorney i've i've represented a lot of people accused of a lot of things but i you know and i've had clients that that have confessed before but i haven't had any clients that have written how to murder your husband and in fact murdered their husband. So that was our first story for the day in the media. Our second one, I, I love this one. So so attorneys do depositions all the time. A deposition is where you, you get the opportunity to question a witness in a case under oath. They are sworn. There's a court reporter there. There's generally attorneys from both sides there. And then there's the witness. Um, and they can get volatile. They can get, they can get combative. I mean, some of them are just run of the mill and they're not anything special. But we have a story where an attorney brought a gun to a depot fight. So tell us about that one, Richard. Well, the the event itself happened a considerable amount of time ago. It was back in 2016. The reason it's making light now is the attorney that uh, brought the gun to the deposition has now been suspended by the Nevada State Bar. And when these things shocker, happen, yeah, I mean, some things you can't even do in Nevada. You know, <laughs> there are things you just can't do. Um, but when things like this happen, it makes the bar journals and and when it, the article makes the bar journal, it makes the rounds. Everybody gets an email blast on it. So this is something many attorneys have heard about, uh, but maybe some of our listeners haven't heard. Now, if you've never had the absolute displeasure of attending a deposition, believe me, they're never a lot of fun. Um, y- you may not understand just how volatile they can be. They're not supposed to be volatile. It's supposed to simply be some questions and answers. But here we have an individual who's being sued. Okay. And the individual being sued is the actual attorney from Nevada. So, He's representing himself in this suit, and he goes to the deposition representing himself. Tell, Franz, tell us what a great idea that so is. So there is a phrase, a a person that represents themselves, a person that has himself as an attorney is, in fact, has a fool for an attorney. Is that how the phrase goes? The attorney who represents himself has a fool for a client. Yes. Sorry about that. So representing yourself is the worst idea That's horrible. on the planet. I get it, guys. You're an attorney, and you don't want to have to pay another attorney to represent yourself. I'm a big, bad lawyer. I can do this I, by I myself. I got to tell you, I don't care if it's a family law case. I don't care if it's a disciplinary case. I don't care if it's a criminal case. You do not need to represent yourself. It creates all sorts of issues. And sometimes, while you have the right to represent yourself, sometimes it smacks of of, of instability and it smacks of, of personality and character flaws, even though again, you have the right to do it. So to be frank, representing yourself guys and girls is a horrible, terrible, absolutely bad idea. Just wanted to make that clear. And it's an even worse idea when you go to the deposition and you call your, your, uh, your opponent, uh, words, names, um, in this case, Big Bird. I'm not sure what the relevance is to the name Big Bird, but calling them a dipshit on the record. Never that smart. So there's been instances where people have yelled at each other in depots. Attorneys have gotten in their each other's faces. Maybe I've heard tell of of, of fistic, fistic encounters. But, but pull, up, pull up YouTube videos of Joju Bale from Texas. If, if he you're was famous for it. Folks, if you're ever bored. Google depositions. Oh, deposition videos on YouTube and or, or, or search on YouTube. So yeah, look, th- th- 
name calling is one thing, but doesn't he at some point like... I don't know if he brandishes the firearm, but he certainly does reveal the fact that he has one, right? He reveals the fact that he has one. He never pulled it out, allegedly. Uh, the, the weapon stayed inside a, a holster tucked inside his belt, but he made it very clear to his opponent and his opponent's counsel that I have it right here. And he taps his, taps the, the holster and it, that's kind of a threatening move, it's man. kind of what we call in the business an assault. <laughs> yeah. So, folks, I can't tell you how it is in depositions gone wild, but I can tell you what it's like on the street when you walk into a Circle K and you're strapped and you lift up your shirt and allude to the fact that you have a gun. We call that armed robbery. That's true. So, this is, is if not an assault under that law, is pretty darn close. I mean, you don't allude to the fact that you... Look... I have never believed that open carrying a firearm is is in any way an assault. But when you point out the fact that, hey, I'm brandishing or, hey, I've got a firearm, that's kind of your way of saying I'm about to possibly use it. So, I mean, it's it's straight out of this is a, a transcript of the deposition I'm reading from uh, the there. What are you doing now? If you pull the gun, I'm going to call the police. Uh, the attorney says, get out of here. Get out of here now. Uh, he continues to order the uh, his opponent and the uh, opponent's attorney out. Uh, and the opponent's attorney is asking the record, court reporter, are you recording this? Because they obviously want this on on uh, on tape or somehow, please, 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 please what record this for the future. What are you thinking if you're the court reporter? What are you thinking about this? I'm thinking, like, do I duck and get under a table? Yeah, I mean, look, I mean... <laughs> Jeez. I mean, seriously, this guy, he's he's calling, you know, people mother effort. Uh, so the lesson shit, to be, the uh, lesson to be learned out. Here. The big lesson is never, ever, ever, ever represent yourself. So, but. so that's a very, that is the best legal lesson to be learned here. But let, let's look bigger picture. Yeah. One, if you're being deposed or if you are, in fact, an attorney deposing, rule number one. Don't bring a firearm to the deposition. You don't need a firearm in a deposition. Right. If you bring a firearm to the deposition, don't allude to the fact that you have a firearm in a way that may lead people to believe that you're going to use the firearm during the deposition. Um, you know, depositions are are, are are discovery components to where both sides get evidence. They get it under oath. They are not supposed to be, you know, people try to try their cases during depots and it's just not. That's not that's, what they're for. That's not what they're for. And this is, this is again, comical, like the last story. This is comical in so much as it's also scary. Well, this uh, is my favorite part. This is my favorite part. Before we wrap up, you have to hear this. Uh, you know, naturally, at some point, somebody asked him to explain himself. And he says, and I quote, I have it with me every day, all day. I always carry a gun because I'm an attorney and people don't like me. Well, I mean, are you not picturing the guy from Saturday Night Live? You know, gosh, darn it. I'm good enough and I'm smart enough and people like this guy's out there, man. Do people hate attorneys? Is that I, what? I don't know if people hate attorneys. I heard there were a few jokes. Once again, where is this guy practicing law? Just Nevada. No, it's Nevada. Yeah. It's, you know, okay. what happens in Nevada ends up on the internet. Note to self, if we're going out to Nevada, that's how they, they roll out there as attorneys. So, telling. ladies and gentlemen, that's been a media review from attorneys Richard Sprinkle and Franz Borkart. This has been another episode of Legally Unfiltered. Hope you enjoyed it, and uh, we'll be back with more media stories for you in the future. Keep Have it in your day. pants, too. Till then. That's right. 
The views and opinions expressed in Legally Unfiltered do not constitute legal advice. If you would like legal advice on the topics that we've discussed, send us money. That's right. Go ahead and retain us. Do not, kids, try this at home.